0: Of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.cornerstone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Open your Bibles to Lamentations, chapter 3. Lamentations in the Old Testament. It's actually part of uh, what we call prophetic works uh, by prophets, the minor prophets, and Jeremiah is uh, the one that we believe wrote that, so uh, it's good stuff, and yet you can tell by the name of it, lamentations, lamenting. There's a certain sadness from the very, very beginning of it, and in just a second I'll show you why it was so sad. But you know, when we begin a new year, I don't know if you like change or if you're one of those people that do not like change, so uh, my girls, both my girls don't really like change and so when things change in their life, it it's just uh, can kind of be upsetting for them a little bit or trying for them. Other people, they like new adventures all the time, and so they're ready for constant change. Well, there's something about getting rid of the old calendar and getting a new calendar that just really excites a lot of people, especially if it's a Chick-fil-A calendar, you know, that you know, it kind of comes in just with this super excitement that, okay, a new beginning, a new start. And I don't know about you, but, you know, spiritually speaking, sometimes emotionally speaking, and in a lot of other ways in life, we just need to have kind of a freshness, a new start. Whether it's something that we're trying to get over in our life, whether it's something that we're just ready for this chapter to be closed out, there's something about new that is just very attractive to us and our personalities and who we are, and we need that new in our life. Well, this morning we're going to look at uh, a passage about how God promised that there would be new every morning, and that he would give mercy and grace that is needed for your day. And he wouldn't do it just once a year. You know, it's one thing if God said, okay, here's your year's supply of mercy and grace. And by February, you said, okay, I have pretty much exhausted it all. Because we, life is like that. Life is just up and down. And life is all over the place. And yet, God begins to show that mercy and grace in tremendous ways. It's not always by taking us out of the circumstances. Sometimes His mercy and His grace is the way that you loved on Carly and I this past week. Uh, Guys, we felt and do continue to feel totally loved. And we thank you, your kindness, your goodness. And the loss of Carly's mom has just been uh, uh, overwhelming this past week. To say that we were shocked and that that this was something that we were unprepared for, it, it was. And yet, God shows mercy and grace. He shows mercy and grace. Sometimes it's directly from Him in our spirits. And so this morning as we open up and we begin this new year, I, I want you to understand that sometimes God, you know, he's not that, that God that just sits there and goes, here's your allotment for the day. I hope it's sufficient. There was a contest years ago, and uh, I don't remember exactly who was doing it, but they were giving away $100 a day from the AT- this bank. Uh, the catch was you had to go to the ATM, of that bank to get your hundred dollars. I don't know about you, but I would probably work into my schedule every single day, you know, even if it was just a mile out of the way, to go my. Because if you didn't get it, you know, that day's hundred dollars was gone. I don't know about you, but I would probably be rearranging some things in my life. Say, okay, I go by there early in the morning, get my withdrawal of that hundred dollars, put it in my pocket, and go on with life. When away we begin to open up Lamentations and God has made this promise that he's going to give mercy and grace sufficiently for you every single day. And it will be exactly what you need. We see that in this great promise. Look at Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, Great is your faithfulness. The, the song that we sing, Great is your faithfulness, drawn from this scripture and from others, that would testify that God is this great God who gives mercies. And how often does he give it? Does he just give you an annual calendar and said, Okay, hope that this is enough for the year. Now he says every single day he will give you the sufficiency of his mercy and his grace. Now why is this important? And, and why is context? You know how we always talk about context is everything? that this is a great promise. This would make a great bumper sticker. And yet, I tell you, it's even more full when we begin to see what was happening. The prophet Jeremiah was there with the nation of Israel, Judah, in a time when things were not going well. They were captive. Uh, Another country had come in. And and, and God promised that his mercy and grace among his people was going to be sufficient, and yet they were not going to realize that immediately. And when you begin to read this chapter, chapter 3, and not just start at verse 21 or 22 or 23, you begin to see that this was not a fun time in the nation of Israel's life. This was not a fun time for Jeremiah. Let me point out just a few. You can go back and read the first 18, 19 verses and see every descriptive part of what Jeremiah says. But let me just pull out a few. Verse 7, he says, I feel like I'm in prison and I have chains on me that weigh me down. Verse 10, he says, I felt like God is a lion just kind of sitting there in the grass waiting to pounce upon me, a bear that's ready to come out and claw me. Now, he's talking about God. This is a prophet of God, and he's talking about God. He's not just saying, hey, the world is doing this. He said, I actually feel like sometimes this is happening to me in my spiritual life, and that God is the lion, that God is the one that's about to pounce on me. These are big words, guys, but they're real feelings. Verse 12 and 13. This is, he says, I felt like I'm the target of God's arrow. Not of man's arrow, not of the Assyrians or the Babylonians. He said, I, I feel like I am the target of God's arrow. And then he's pulled back his bow and, and he's hit me. In one translation, it says the heart, and the other one, it says the kidneys. In other words, this fatal blow. This is the prophet of God, a believer in God, as you might be a believer in God, and yet he's experiencing real, real doubts and hardness in his life. Verse 16. You hear something graphic. He says, It's almost like God has filled my mouth with gravel, and I'm made to chew on gravel. Now, isn't that kind of very an uncomfortable feeling? I mean, just thinking of that, that you would take gravel, you'd put it in your mouth, and you're forced to grind upon it. These are the words that Jeremiah uses. Thus, the lamenting. This is how he feels. And all of this precedes this promise that we have. And we see in verse 17 and 18, probably the most tragic, because all these others were kind of graphic in a physical way, but look what he says in verse 17 and 18. I have forgotten what happiness is. My endurance has perished. In other words, I'm worn out. I am overwhelmed. My endurance has run out, and so has my hope from the Lord. I don't know if you've ever been there, But we will travel through those valleys sometimes. The strongest of believers, the most faithful of people, the strongest of prophets will travel through times when not only does it feel like the world's kind of against you, but even sometimes that God has forgotten you, that God is even against you. These are strong words, but then there's a turning point. With all this darkness, with all this heaviness that he describes in the first 20 verses, um, look what he says in verse... 21. what's the first word but there's a change but this I call to where I call to mine and therefore I have hope week after week in the psalms what did we see guys we saw the psalmist crying out going here's how I feel and the remedy wasn't okay I gotta change my feelings the remedy was to come back to solid truth Because he knew that the battle, as much as his heart was heavy, as much as there was a battle going on in his heart, he knew that the really battleground was here, that he had to start here with God's truth and that it would start to transform some of those feelings. Such an important part of our Christian walk, guys. We live in a culture that really is so emotionally based. I mean, check our own language sometimes. Well, I just feel like, instead of I just think like, we start almost every description of our feelings and our thoughts, even our thoughts, with the word, I feel. We're just very feeling-oriented. And we give way to those feelings. Folks, God's the one that made us emotional beings. We are not discounting the emotions and the feelings that we have. But when we are in spiritual battle, as we find Jeremiah and the nation of his followers in battle, the, the battle wasn't over feelings. He said, the turning point is going to be right here in my mind. So in verse 21, he says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. What did he call to mind? Well, the two verses that we started off with. Look again at verse 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Are there times that we just have to get it in our mind, because it's not really in our heart, that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases? Is that, number one, do you believe that? Do you? categorically believe that to be biblical truth? Are there times that your heart can actually be a little bit deceived? That you can, like Jeremiah said, I've lost hope. I, I don't have any endurance. I've lost hope. And so at that point, truth in the mind begins to have to cover and begin to, to supplant what the emotions are, are going there. He says, after that, the steadfastness of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. You know, I can only imagine the Israelites, God's people, as they were coming out of Egypt, hundreds and hundreds of years of captivity, and they were going to a promised land. All of this part of God's plan. And they're traveling for 40 years in wilderness. Don't you think they get just tired? Don't you know that there was times that they said, you know, we've kind of lost hope. And about that time, they would wake up in the morning, and what would be outside their tents? Manna. Manna was what they ate. If you're not real familiar with the Bible, god they didn't have food for 40 years, and they were out in the middle of the desert where you could not grow food, and so God provided for them daily manna. And, and we really don't know what it was, but it would be kind of like a, a cracker. It was kind of a wafer-like thing, and it was totally 100% nourishing to what their needs were. They kind of got tired of it because it was the same thing day after day after day and they complained to God, but it was 100% nourishing to what they needed. Can you imagine on those days when they're going, I just wonder, I just wonder if there's going to be manna out there tomorrow morning. And they'd wake up and they'd go outside their tent and what would be there? 40 years, guys, 40 years. Wake up. I I wonder if God's going to provide tomorrow and God said, Because he never said, you were not allowed to take enough for the next day. You can go, you know, just in case God forgets me, I better put some in my pocket. Do you know what would happen if they tried to do that, if they tried to take some more back to their tent? It, yeah, it really got rough. <laughs> Maggots and all that. I mean, really gross stuff happened. The only day that they were allowed to take a double portion is right before the Sabbath. God was continually reminding them of this one spiritual truth. And this is the spiritual truth that I want to leave you with as we start the new year. Guys, our emotions are all over the place. And we saw that in the Psalms. We saw that even in Isaiah, as we see in our Advent, that it is promise that we can be up and down and all over the place. But there is a constant. And that is the promise of God. That is the character of God. That is the nature of God. And that is the gift of God, Jesus Christ. And 2018, I, I realize some of you are, have been ready since October to throw 2017 behind. I, I realize that. Here, here's the good news of what God does say for those that want to leave the past in the past. Because it was a challenging year for whatever reason. He said, I've already removed that. I, it's the past. It's gone. When it comes to our sins, he says, I've removed it as far as the east is from the west. He's done that but he's made a promise for the new. And so as we start this new year, whether you've been waiting for months for 2018, please don't fall into the superstition that thinks that all of a sudden because we changed a digit on a calendar from seven to eight, or that we throw out the old and we put up a new one. I I realize there's a cleansing effect. that. I realize there's something about new beginnings. Guys, I don't think it happens once a year. Look what the scripture says. It happens every day. That's his promise to you. I'm gonna close with this. One of our young scholars in the church, Cadence Crawford, uh, gets it all from her mom, not from her dad. <laughs> uh, Carly was teaching on Job, and I, I love our series that we use with our kids, the Gospel project, and yet, for the really young ones, I mean, we're methodical through a a three-year period, we go through the Bible, and so we start in Genesis, and three years, we're going to be in Revelation, and they don't skip anything. If there's really a subject that you kind of want to skip with kids, it's Job, (laughs) And um, but I think both of y'all were teaching that particular week, y'all had the joy of going, okay, how do you explain Job to kids, because you remember what happened to Job? Lost his family, except for his wife. He lost his kids. He lost all of his camels and all of his animals and and houses and all these things. And uh, so Carly's trying to explain that. You are back there trying to, you know, how do we do this to two and three-year-olds and how can they grasp this? Cadence got it. And here's her word of wisdom. Job was really having some bad days. (laughs) And Carly, when we got in the car, going she goes, Well, Cadence just came out and said, you know, Job was really having some bad days. (laughs) Truth is, guys, sometimes we just, there's going to be bad days. Until the glory of heaven, until Revelation 21, until this promise for those who have gone before us, until that day that God resurrects us and, and brings us to be with him, we will have some bad days. And we might even be overwhelmed and think, I can't go on. I've lost my endurance. I mean, a prophet of God said that. I have lost my hope. But then there's that but. But this I will decide in my mind. This I will believe in my my mind so it will filter to my heart. I know that God is gracious. I know that he's kind. And his mercies are brand new every single morning. This is our hope for 2018 and 19 and 20 and 21 and on and on and on until God, you know, to draw last breath. This is our hope. Not in a calendar. Not in something going from December to January, 17 to 18. This is our hope. Not in a calendar, but in a person. In the greatness of God. We're about to sing one more song, but uh, Ricky, can you come and maybe play before we got into that song? And I just want to have you to have opportunity to uh, you can pray with your family right there you can come to the altar and pray you can just pray silently yourself Um, but just a a time as we commit ourselves to 2018 that we just would be reminded in this time that there's so many different emotions so overwhelmed by so many things in life that we would have opportunity for us just as maybe even as a church family to pray for one another but uh, just to take time, the altar is open. You can come here. Don't feel like you have to come if you want to pray right where you are. If you just want to pray privately and bow your head, that is good. But what a better way to start this new year than counting on the promises of God. Ricky, will you play for us just a while and then we'll end with that song?